Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll It's time to neighbors CJ, Kate Let's get the neighbors Hi, this is Neighbours, the Neighbours Recap Podcast We talk about the last five episodes of Neighbours, the Aussie soap that just aired. I'm Vaya, and I have Penny Tangy here today. Hello, lovely to be here. And we also have uh, baby Sheila, Penny's yep. baby Sheila. I'm a little us. bit worried that um, baby Sheila might not be as exemplary as baby Madge was in previous episodes. <laughs> well, but it, it's been bred into baby Madge in utero. Yeah, so exactly. She had a head start. Yeah. Now, we, we've we put Josh to rest. So a couple of weeks ago, Lassiter's exploded. But in mm. that's sort of in real time. But in neighbours' time, only a few days have passed. I'm just not thinking about the time frames at all. Do you think that everyone's grieving for the appropriate amount of time? No. <laughs> no, no, no. Everyone seems to have moved on by the end of the week, to be honest. <laughs> I thought on the day of the funeral, Brad wasn't particularly sad. Brad's very perky. Yeah. For someone who's lost yeah. his son. And, and as for Imo and Daniel, they got... Other things to think about oh, now. Oh, they're happy as Larry. Mm, exactly. So we kick off Monday the 18th of April. Now, oh, Penny, by the way, you're not a regular Neighbours viewer. No, but I have watched, been watching recently. Since I last did Neighbours, I haven't actually been able to stop. Because the explosion hooked you in. It did. Uh, well, no, that's not exactly... <laughs> well, the, it was the explosion. It was a red folder. Toadie's red it folder. It was a red folder. And to be honest, I don't actually care about anything else. I don't care about who call, caused the explosion. Yeah. I don't care about their grieving. I barely care about Sarah. A little nah. bit care about her. But the red folder, fascinated. It's ba- it is the only thing I care about, not just your neighbours, but in life. <laughs> They're still shooting and... It's probably not going to be resolved for months, this really? whole bizzo with the explosion. You, with the explosion? Yeah, the red folder might be resolved next oh. week. <laughs> oh, the explosion? Oh, okay. Then, we'll talk about that then. You um, can have your life back if the folder's resolved. So as far as we're aware, there's people still might be in the rubble, as they mentioned. Like they haven't They're cleared. always going on about the potential for people to be down there, maybe starting a new life. <laughs> like, By the time they find them, it'll be like one of those nuclear holocaust books where they've like, you know had families and yeah. moved on and um, have a whole new civilization. Maybe there's a spin-off soap happening with the people in the rubble. Mm. It's called Nay rubble. <laughs> Underground neighbors. Yes. Maybe. And like watership downs. Oh, yeah, so look there's amazing potential. But the, okay, so we start the week with Paul in the slammer. He seems to be in the Where same Where he belongs. Yeah. He seems to and he spent quite a bit of time there actually. Mm. He also seems to be in the same jail prison that Gazcan is living in, uh, Kyle Canning's father and Xanthi's father, Gary Canning. Oh, he's in jail, is he? Yeah, because when Sheila goes to visit him, they're in that same lunchroom that they met, that Steph went to see Paul in. Yeah, so well, that makes sense. It's nice. Maybe they're doing a bit of ground yard work together, mm. Gaz and Paul. It's nice when you know someone at a new school. <laughs> because Paul would be top dog, do you reckon? Surely. Oh, it wouldn't take long. So Steph's visiting... Paul in jail and he's trying to convince her that he's been framed. And I also love that there's no remand. He's just kind of gone straight to prison. Like there's no... I don't understand how jails work. Because I thought he would be sent to the remand centre until he's hearing. Yeah. And then they just let him out. 
which well, I didn't think well, was he, appropriate. Well, because he got Steph to pay his bail. Yeah, but I don't think you should get bail if you're a homicidal maniac <laughs> blowing things up. That's the judge's call. And as we find out later in the week, that judge is going to make some questionable decisions. Oh, is that going to be the same judge who's going to decide on their w- wedding? Well, I, I, how many judges are in Erinsborough? <laughs> you're right. There's only one doctor. Yeah. So Paul then confesses to Steph that he's been framed because he got someone to just stir up a bit of trouble in the hotel and it's the same woman that he had gaslight Steph. Mm. It's Candace Alley. Mm. So which, How did she try and gaslight Steph? Sorry. I she know. was like playing baby lullaby music so that Steph would think she was hearing her son and like playing like voice memos of, of like children talking to her. Was she just hiding under a window or something? She pretty much like oh. around the garage. She was planting stuff around the garage. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Cecilia is played by Candace Alley who had a, a, a song released, I think in the late nineties and she's the husband of Grant Hackett, a controversial swimmer. Yes. He's extreme. He's back in the controversials this week. He was at an airport doing something Oh, on a plane who nipple tweaked someone on a plane. It was very inappropriate. And so, Kate... But that's not the worst thing he's done. No. Remude on Twitter's called him the real-life Pastore Josh. He is... Yeah. So have a little Google of Grant Hackett in your spare time. Yeah, but I'm sure he'll go on to be a sports commentator because that's what most of our sports commentators do. Yeah, that's all you need. You don't don't worry about your checkered past. As Mm. long as you can talk about the sport, that's fine. Uh, So Candace Alley, she alibis out because Steph goes to chase her up and uh, she's got an alibi. So Steph's like, you know what? I'm just going to believe you. Because why not? She's a very trusting person, Steph, isn't she? Maybe it's being in prison because she was in prison. So she know she. What, being in prison makes you very trusting? It takes her back to a place where no one trusted her. Yes, that's right. That's right. So she's to be just... fair, she had killed someone. <laughs> but when she went crazy, she was crazy. I don't understand her logic. Yeah, she just seems to get very desperate and lean across tables and... Oh, Paul, you know, oh, I don't know what to do. So so she didn't know what to do, so she just believed mm. him. She's like, all yeah. right, I'll post your bail. Where did she, she doesn't have – she can pull out 500 bucks at a moment's notice. She did it when she had to attend his seminar. His, um, it must he, be more than 500 bucks bail. Why doesn't he just go to Barbados or wherever it is that you go? He could go to Lassiter's um, – New York. Paris? New York, where London, his sister is. Dubai? Oh, he doesn't work for Lassiter's anymore, so that's frowned upon. Uh, anyway, he could still go to New York and oh. hang out with his sister. Yeah. I'd, 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 he doesn't have any money anymore, though, but someone would... Well, he could sell his suit. <laughs> I don't know. Would they spot him at the airport? I don't know how these things work. I haven't had a life of crime. Lucy could wire him the money. Yeah. Or Andrew, or whoever's over there. But then when he tries to exit the country, would they notice? That he's supposed it depends to what they've done to his passport and mm. what they've got going on at the airport. Mm. And Erinsborough Police, so far, Erinsborough, the operation at Erinsborough Police is just dull cop being told that Paul had blueprints of Lassiter's mm. in his briefcase and gone, oh, well, and he doctored the footage of the CCTV. More doctoring. Yep. He deleted the file. And so dull cop went, Oh, well, I don't have to do any more policing if all this evidence just fell into my lap. Now, it's also the day of the funeral. Uh, big day. This was depressing. I mean, the, the girls have taken it upon themselves to use it as a chance to really hone their cry acting. I thought Imo did a great job at yeah. the crying. And, I mean, it did help that Josh is her real-life boyfriend. Mm. So she was kind of channeling that. So she's trying to write the eulogy, which I thought she's left a bit late considering how academic she is. 
what I love is Paige saying to Imogen, you probably need to put in some of the, the bad things that he's done. Yeah, well, I, it's true, though. It's true, though. Cause, and, and then Imo said, no, no. No, he was great. He's a great guy. Yeah, he permanently disabled someone once. And... Yeah. And then Paige's like, by the by, Amber's called and Matilda's sick and they're not coming to the funeral. That was so lame. Which we all knew was bound to happen. But leave Matilda with Grandma Kathy in Queensland or with Uncle Munter or Uncle Bailey and calm down. Oh, look, yeah, it, it did seem ridiculous. I don't understand why they don't just sort of pretend that the person's there and just go, oh, she's just gone to the bathroom or... Yeah, she's changing Matilda yeah, out yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I, I always think that, actually. I would be none the wiser. Yeah, and just have, like, a scene where you've got the back of someone's head and just be like, <laughs> oh, there she is. <laughs> Bingling. Uh, yeah, perfect solution. Yeah. But, no, I do appreciate Paige acknowledging that Josh was flawed. I thought that Daniel's jumping up before Emo, like when Emo couldn't quite get herself together and saying, oh, Josh died so that Emo and I could be together. Like for his sister's happiness, she saved his boyfriend because I'm just so important to her. I just thought that had a certain arrogance about it. It was the worst. And the fact that like there's like 50 other people in the room that just don't care. Like, Imogen and Daniel care, but no one else cares that this guy's dead and no. so, yay, now Imogen's got a boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. Then that's pretty much it. And how old is she? 18. Like, 19, yeah. 19. Why does she... She doesn't need a boyfriend. It's like that song. Which song? I, I Don't Need a Man by the Pussycat Dolls? No, there was a song. I never... I don't think I ever actually heard the song, but my housemate used to sing it all the time. And this is how she used to sing it. You're only 17. You don't need a boyfriend. <laughs> beautiful yeah is, is that rebecca black i don't know <laughs> it's lovely don't know okay but just before the funeral though there's a body viewing so we'll get to that mm. now but that's good because he can't come back because <laughs> we've seen him seen dead him. it's like osama bin laden not coming back because there has been controversy online in in the past where kate died and there was this there's this crazed fan who thinks that because we never saw any blood that Kate's just in witness protection and she's going to come back at any moment. The and witness protection thing is an ongoing theme. I mean, it, well, it, to be fair, like you're talking about like, all these weird conspiracy theories, but what about you and Dee? Yeah, you well. She might be in witness protection as well. She went over the cliff and the problem is they set precedence. Harold was thought to be drowned and he just swam mm, off to Tasmania. Yeah. So when they swim off and they're okay, you think, well, then Harold, well, then Dee's fine. Exactly. So, and also... It's did, like um, in that book, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Gandalf, is it? No, that's Harry Potter. No. One of them I get, dies and then comes back. Well, I had this... Want to spoil it? When, yeah, spoiler alert, Dumbledore, when he dies. Ah, Dumbledore, that's it. So I, it is Gandalf who dies in Lord of the Rings. I'm not well Dumbledore versed. comes back as well, doesn't he? I had a dream that he came back. So for years I couldn't tell if he was okay or not. Did he come back? I don't think so. I think oh, he was dead. good, because I don't like it when people come back from the dead. No, which is good that we saw Josh, although in the open casket, he did visibly inhale. Did he? <laughs> That's good, though. Which I, did, I didn't notice till people pointed it out online. I had to go back for a second look, and he does, there's a solid intake of breath. It would be hard. I mean, it's a short scene, but still, like, you're not really dead, and it's good on them for not actually killing a man yeah, for the sake exactly. of that scene. But... The great thing is, is that 
drab, by the way. Mm. He's just having a coffee. He's just chilling out with a latte I've, and Harold's. I, I've written down on my sheet, Brad's an arsehole. <laughs> and I don't actually remember what that refers to, but I think it's correct. Probably because he's doing nothing to organise this funeral. Mm. Teray just pulled it all together. She's had to call him to say, come and do the viewing. Look at the mm. open casket. And he's just having coffee with his mum, who's being a bitch to Ned. Oh, she's a bitch this week. <laughs> So she doesn't want Ned to be a pallbearer for mm. his brother. And also he doesn't have a suit. Um, mm. And I was... Well, I was also thinking that your sister Bonnie in her the, her previous visit to mm. Neighbours suggested that Aaron down the mines probably has a collection of suits. He would with Velcro crutches. Yeah, that people could borrow yeah. for such occasions. So, um, But they've said, no, it's not going to be a big formal occasion. So he can just wear whatever. And they kept going yeah. on about how Josh would be a good father. Oh, yes, But yes. I think it would have been Brad and Ned all over again. Oh, for sure. That's the way it was going. I mean, yes, he sort of said he was going to move to Queensland, but would he really have stayed there? Or would he have just gone, oh, no, actually something shiny over there? And Yeah, he would have gone to Queensland yeah. until the next thing. Exactly. Until he messed things up up there and then he would have had to pick a different state. Yeah, until he nearly killed someone. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Now, the funeral itself I thought was nicely done. I really also loved the scene. Well, until the raging. Until the, the rage that brought down the funeral. I thought it was quite a lovely shot of all the Willises standing behind the coffin viewing the body. Mm. Um, it was a very small funeral for a young man, though, I have to say, because usually if you go to a funeral of a young person, it's like hundreds of Yeah, people. you've got like teachers from the school mm. would come. Um I'm sure a lot of those people at the gym where he worked for a while, the guy that and sold him all, the peptides. Or anyone who has ever met your parents will rock up. Yep. And also, I mean, they did grow up in Perth, so maybe not everyone flew over from Perth. Yeah. I, I thought that they had sprung for some extras. I thought that was nice. Yeah. I th- they but, it out I mean, they're never going to – I mean, I guess they just can't ever do, like, a realistic funeral. It's better than when they did Ringo's funeral and instead of trying to show everyone, they just – their car broke down on the side of the road on the way to the country – and they, they couldn't push the funeral back. They were on the phone and the church had like backed up back-to-back funerals that day. So they couldn't move it. Yeah. So Margot Robbie and the other three had to stand on the side of the road and do like a service, a makeshift memorial, putting down some like wildflowers. And, and that was the solution. So I'd much Look, rather have an actual yeah, just funeral. A, just a few extras. Yeah. Acknowledging that he wasn't very popular and he nearly killed someone. and Or even just to go, this is Jim from Perth. They trained in the under-12s yeah. together. You know, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Imogen, of course, freezes. She's too emotional. And that's when the non-contributing zero, Daniel, jumps up. And you can't just, it's not an open mic night. No. <laughs> and it was a bit patronising as well. I'll handle this. Yeah, just, you can't. You just, know, I'll just tell them all how how lucky you are that I'm still alive. You Your brother just saved. Take the mic. I had. A, I was at a friend's wedding, and they said it's an open mic. Like whoever wants to get up and do a speech can, but mm. you don't, because no one's prepared anything. Exactly. So you know, most just, people don't want to do the speech. I mean, they'd rather be dead than doing the speech, wouldn't they? Yeah. So. You just don't get up and wing it, but he did. And finally, then Imogen's like, well, if Daniel can do it, I can do it. And she jumps up to give mm, a eulogy. Which is definitely true. <laughs> and she goes off book and then does acknowledge that he was flawed. Thank you, writers, mm. acknowledging this. But saying that because he loved and was loved, that made him a hero. And, mm. I, and I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. It's a bit of a long stretch, but mm. sure. If that's I what... don't think it makes him a hero. It might make him a human being. Yeah. Whatever. Let's just sleep at night, Emmy. Mm. 
Oh, and then Drab, his speech was probably even worse than Daniel's because he mentions that they had the twins, the baby twins, mm. and he realised at that moment that he'd never loved another human being yeah. as much as and them. Ned was looking a bit annoyed about that, which was fair enough. You're not he, meant to have favourite children. No. Or if you do, just shut up. Yeah, don't say it to an audience that yeah. you didn't know what love was. Don't when tell anyone ever. That's your little secret. Just keep it to yourself. Just not when you're first born in the room. Exactly. And you've and your relationships like on no thin one, ice. No one wants to hear it. Even the favourite child doesn't want to hear no, it. No, no. It's just orcs. Yeah. So bad form. Thank God then Tarage stood up and took the mic. I'm like, mm. good, finally. She started to give a very beautiful speech, but then Paul rocks up because he's out on bail. Because he wanted to pay his respects. And he wanted to prove that he was innocent by being at the funeral of the person everyone thinks he killed mm. by blowing up the hotel. Bad move. Also bad move, I think, that even Amy was there. Like, your father's been accused of yeah. this whole thing. Maybe just send flowers, people. Just send yep. flowers. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how close she was to Josh. No, no one was close to Josh. Not at all. And that's where we leave Monday. So Tarage flips her lid and does this massive rage on Paul in the middle of the funeral. It was fair enough. Yeah. Um, but no one really was stopping her. The kids were looking on going, oh, there's mum. <laughs> Raging. <laughs> now, Tuesday's episode I found was just people yelling at other people and then mm. that person yelling at the other person. It was a lot about Sarah. Oh, Sarah. And can I just say, I liked it when Toadie said to Sarah, look, everyone's grieving, maybe just leave people alone because sometimes ever so often i think toadie's one of those characters on neighbors who ever so often just manages to seem quite normal yes like manages to seem like someone that you might actually know or have gone to school with or whatever just and then of course then you remember that he's you know been shot and had a jumping castle accident and drove his wife off a cliff and a a number of other traumatic things but he seems in that moment just like a yeah but if you strip all of that back he's just a normal bloke guy you know who mucked up a bit at school and then came good yeah now sarah the thing is she she says she's hanging around but she won't say why no she's got a sore tummy and i (laughs) i think she might have a period (laughs) she's doubled over she spends a lot of the week doubled over that can happen she's just trying to get out of pe yeah she needs some naprogesic (laughs) she's like those people on facebook that are like I've got some news, but yeah. I'm not going to tell you what it is. She's exactly like that. Like, and yeah, those people who are kind of like worst day ever, or, yeah. you know, and something big is happening. It's not that simple. She kept saying, it's not that simple. I can't tell you. So just shut up then. Um, but I'm going to just lurk here. Yeah. And be around. Yeah. Looking like a spider because they're always dressing her in black, with yeah. black hair and she just black looks widow. like a, yeah. So we'll come back to her. Meanwhile, Steph's ripping Paul a new one. Because he crushed a funeral, and fair enough. And she said what I was thinking, send a bunch of bloody flowers. Yeah, she was on it. Which will also get shredded, but you know. Yeah, and then Tarage, of course, comes around to have a go at him as well. And it's just a big day. It's just a big day for Tarage. Tarage has a go at Steph too, doesn't she? Yeah. And then I was a bit confused by this, because Steph says she knows how it feels to stand in Paul's shoes. Yeah. Does that mean that she's been falsely accused? Because she did kill someone. She did. Look, she was found guilty of that. I think it was more that when she got out of prison Mm. and she had mental health problems Mm. and she kidnapped baby, Lucas's baby. See, once again, that sounds like something that she did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she did physically take the child. 
but she wasn't in her right mind. Oh, it does so, seem like a different thing, though, doesn't it? it to yeah. be genuinely falsely accused. In fact, Paula should probably bring that up. Go, <laughs> like, buddy, thanks for having my back, but I actually did not do this thing. <laughs> so uh, we move over to the wake. And oh, at the wake, essentially, Lauren is the only one comforting anybody. So mm, Ned's, she did a lot of comforting this week, yeah. and I thought that maybe she's doing a good job. She could take over as the town councillor instead of Susan, and pa- maybe she'd do it in an office instead of in a cafe. That's actually my favourite idea. Paige could run the cafe, mm. and Loz could become a mature-age student at Eden Hills Uni, and that would lend itself to a whole lot of fun storylines. Yes. And then she could be a psychologist. Yes, and the other thing that I really want her to do is get together with Ned. Me too. I, lo- I me too. I think he might actually be evil, but I still think that I could be nice. I've got. I I've taken to Ned. I really have. Yep. Um, and I'm not even into bad boys, so I don't even like the tattoo. It's not even the tattoo. I think there's just something about him. Maybe it's his man pain. Yeah, I just felt like they had a connection. Yeah, and she yeah she does check him out a lot. Yeah, and I I do just want to get her away from drab. Yeah, and I don't mind if it's the, his son his horn but he's all sad because grandma's excommunicating him and basically lauren has to figure out that pam's got all this misplaced anger yes and she lauren really brought out another side of pam i was much more empathetic with pam after lauren had talked to her and pam admitted what we've all realized all along that she didn't want to look after doug in darwin that's why she sent him down here she'd said goodbye to him long ago and that was that so Mm. fair enough Oh, but even though I do want Lauren and Ned to get together, <laughs> Drab and Lauren were being really mushy at the wake. Actually, um, yeah. And I'm like, that's it's not the – I don't understand. I, I mean, yes, you're supporting your partner, but it's not really – It's in his look, wife's house. They look like they wanted to get a room. Like, And he's still married to Tarage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, and it's not even a talk of a divorce. Oh. So it's going to be another Kyle and Georgia situation. You reckon two. someone's going to write a letter? <laughs> yeah. I go to Germany. Tarage will at least send an email. <laughs> She's very proactive. She's still working this whole week. I thought oh, I thought that was a bit inappropriate. Yeah, we'll get to, we'll get, yeah, we'll we'll get get to, to that. Sorry. So, yeah, Pam and Ned have had a truce. Drab doesn't know what the whole deal was with their history. So, Tarage, meanwhile, takes five from the wake to go yell at Paul, gives him another spray. She's just Taragean all week. And he's like, but I love you. She's like, too bad. I hate you. Fair enough. Oh, and now we end with Tuesday with Sarah hanging around and Carl's decided he's going to go and have a word to her. Like, why are you hanging around? And he actually says to her, why are you hanging around? Is it to stir up trouble? And I've never in my life come across anyone who just stirs up trouble for funsies. Like, No, like, oh, I'm going to go back to that place where I used to live and try and sabotage that marriage again. Like, yeah. I've... Just for kicks. N- yeah, just got nothing on this weekend you can do all that on facebook yeah exactly she could just be posting on carl's timeline exactly like kisses and like love heart eyes emojis and yeah job done so he goes to have a drink with her at the bar and she is basically sets this honey trap for him like she goes the grope wasn't very sticky Ugh. Ugh. Uh, to basically say well all right then are you tempted and that's where we leave Tuesday. Like, we actually think this is a real thing that's happening. Oh, can I? Sorry yeah, to no, go no. back. No, can I say something about Ned, though? You do know that he is actually evil. Um, he is because no. after he said... No, no, he is. Because after he said, oh, no, I've definitely forgiven and forgotten with Brad, 
Then they had like a shot of him clenching his fist. <gasps> Did they? Because yes. I tweet a lot, so I sometimes miss these minute yes. details. No. Yes, and it looked like he still wanted to punch him in the balls. Well, look, I still. Well, I think that's fair. Which is fair enough to still want to punch him in the balls, but the fact that he is saying, "Oh no, no, no!" Like he's oh. trying to present himself as this oh, reformed no. figure, suggests that at some point he and his bikey mates are going to come in. Oh no. Um, I wonder if his bikey mates know Steph's bikey mates. I wonder if they're I don't all. Know if they're all friends or not. I wonder if they're all in the Lasseter's Lake lads yeah, together. I don't move in those circles much these uh, days. Because also, side note, I was really jack of the shaming that they were doing to Beth, Natalie, and Brulia, Drab's ex, Ned's yeah. mother, for not letting quote marks not letting Brad see his son. I don't think we know the whole story. Come there. on, come on. It's, I mean, it's all to do with whatever custody agreements were in yeah. place. But him saying, like, oh, she just didn't let me hang, yeah, see him. Yeah, because either either he really had done something wrong and there was a reason why he couldn't see them or there was an agreement where he could have seen yeah. him if he'd wanted to. Maybe not in exactly the way that he would have liked, but if he'd really wanted to. He, he could have been have. on the phone to that kid every day yeah. if he wanted to. I've got um, – we've got, like, friends of friends that uh, the child's birth father lives in Europe and they Skype every day, mm. like almost every day when it's dinner time for dad and breakfast time for the little boy, they have like Skype sessions together and have breakfast together. It's yeah. like you can do a lot when you're a long distance parent. Exactly. Pull your head in drab, not buying it. Now, what I love about Wednesday is that after the honey trap, Carl picks himself up and shoots straight over to Susan to confess that he's been And that made me played. trust him a bit more because you, you do have to earn trust. But it was exactly like, I mean, she's the school principal, but it was exactly like running to the principal's office. It was a little bit, yeah. But um, I did think he needed to tell her that. And it was a ge- genius bit of dialogue when he's like, Susan, firstly, I love you. And she's like, what have you done? <laughs> Perfect. He fills her in. Meanwhile, Sarah is having money trouble. She's at Sheila's and she can't make oh, the rent. She can't pay. I didn't know Sheila was a landlord. Uh, Sheila just took her in. Because she felt sorry for her at the bar. Mm. I think mainly the thing is that Sheila just wants the goss, and it's easier to get the goss when you've got the, the e- goss living enemy your... number yeah. one living under your roof. Also, I think she genuinely does need someone to cover the rent because Kyle just bottled it. That's a good point too. Yeah, and she bought that house. Oh, just to be near to coil. be there. Yeah. Oh dear. And. Very smart manoeuvre on Sheila's part to ask to check in with Sarah, asking her if she's got the Wi-Fi password right. Yeah, I thought that was just beautifully tactful. Oh, perfect. Like, oh, do you need that again? Because you I have maybe your rent hasn't come through. Perfect. Um, so Sarah's is in a bit of strife, and then Sue's chews her out again. Yes. Um, is this just when near the car? Uh, and- yep. And then Susan slams her hand in the car door. Susan car doors Sarah. By mistake. In the hand. And Sarah lets out a blood-curdling scream. Mm. And it's pretty great. Like, Susan felt bad, but deep down she was like... Oh, she was happy. It was a great day And for I Susan. love the way that Sarah's in black as per usual. And um, <laughs> Susan's in pastels. <laughs> Wardrobe's like, we can, we can really go to town on the symbolism here. Yeah, it was beautiful. Sarah is also very dressed up. Like, she doesn't have a job. She's constantly... It must take hours in the morning for someone who's, well, in my opinion, just having a really bad period. But even so... <laughs> she should be in her trackies. Yeah, exactly. In a hot water bottle. Uh, Sheila would have hot water bottles. So. Yeah. 
Oh, and so then we take Sears off to Erinsborough Hospital. Where Carl, one minute, is attending to a patient coming out of a coma. Next minute, he's doing emergency medicine. He can deal with he a can bruised deal with thumb. A, with a finger. Yeah. And also, yeah, I love that it's never... Why doesn't she just drop her off at emergency? And leave. And it's never, unpro- See ya. It's never unprofessional for Carl. It's never like, oh, actually, I've slept with her. <laughs> um, does someone else want to take... I know where these things are being <laughs> and I don't want to treat them. He can transfer that, not the knowledge, intimate knowledge he has of those fingers to another doctor. Yeah, exactly. And she gets seen very quickly, by the way. Erinsborough, I mean, it usually is another dark day for Erinsborough Hospital, but what a great day to be seen so quickly when you come yeah. through emergency. Because she should have been triaged and she should have been waiting for hours. <laughs> it's, she should still be there now. Exactly. Like, but she then reveals to Carl that she's on this extra medication. Mm. And Naprogesic. <laughs> And it's revealed off camera, so it could very well be. Mm. Carl's like, oh, wow. Um, And we come back from the break and he's all shocked that she's revealed some, obviously, some terminal illness that we're not Mm. privy to yet. And she won't tell anyone. And again. But she's so weird. But why is she there? Why is she there if she doesn't want to tell them? And so the floating theory is that she wants to leave her kids to Carl and Susan. Firstly, why would you want to leave your kids to, like, Someone the man who, who you had an affair with. But also the woman who can't stand Dan, you. Yeah, and as if she's, I mean... The ultimate revenge would be for her to... Um, Susan, will be, it'll be like the car door all over again. It'll be like, I dropped it. <laughs> it was an accident. Well, I, th- I think it's a grown-up child, Like, but still, oh, it'll okay. be like, oops, I put arsenic in its food. Yeah. <laughs> I would never do that on purpose. It's the ultimate revenge. Yeah. And also, she lives in London. That's where her sister lives. Her sister who is... Malcolm Kennedy's wife. Mm, that's weird too. So just leave you. Why don't you just leave your kids to Sarah and Malcolm, or Catherine and Malcolm? That makes a lot of sense. But we don't even know if that's true. Okay, yet. we don't. I'm getting way ahead of she myself. She could have just been wanting to borrow a pet. <laughs> She's barking up the wrong tree. Cause I'm pretty sure Susan's postmenopausal. But anyway. <laughs> oh my god. She. So that's the hospital now. Paul and staff are doing uh, have put together a mind map on a whiteboard in the dive motel yeah. storeroom where everyone hangs out. Like it's a it's a good communal break, break room. <laughs> so the mind map's got the eleven a.m. explosion and then you know mm. arrows going everywhere with who was where at yep. what time and what Paul was doing and why he was innocent. Um, and it's just like they've watched, they've clearly watched a lot of Law, Law and Order and mm. CSI and all of that because they're like, well, we need a murder board. And yeah. so I've been watching crime shows recently. Yeah. And, and that's what they do. Yeah. That's what they do. I mean, they usually probably have a, an photos in- and stuff as well, though, usually. Yeah. They probably usually have an intern to do all that stuff, mm. whereas Paul's just done it all himself. Um, but he could have, yeah, he could have like taken some iPhone pics and printed them out and blue tech them up if he was really serious mm. about it. But the thing is, he got a whiteboard. Like mm. he went to Officeworks and got a whiteboard. Yeah. Maybe Tarage had one because she had a lectern in her garage when he ran a um, motivational seminar yeah. at her place. He might have had one at the motel for when they had um, like uh, conferences and stuff. Oh, because they wanted... A conference venue. And because they were booking, yeah. they wanted Citizen of the Year to be there. Yeah. So they probably bought that yeah. for that day. They could write the names of all the nominees on it. Yeah. He, that was... Would have been really nice. <laughs> 
in um, you have to get a good quality whiteboard marker because often they can be very faint. Yeah, no, yeah. Definitely. As it was when I tried to take a photo of this one from my TV, I could barely read it because the blues and greens were very hard. To, mm. I mean, art department did a great job in utilising all the colours at their disposal. Mm-hmm. I think someone knows a teacher. Look into possible something. Look into enemy of Willis's. That's one of his dot points. Look into enemy of Willis's. That could be me. <laughs> Daniel, Julie. Yeah, I love enemy. I love that. I love yeah, enemy. Use, they use the word enemy and in life. <laughs> I don't have any enemies. Yeah, I've got people that think I'm a bitch, but you know. Do you? I've got um, nemesis, nemesis, <laughs> more than one <laughs> now. But you'd expect that by the time you're 34. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Paul's asked Steph to be um, like to get a PI. He's like, we need to get our own private investigator. Can I say something about that? Um, yes. It can't be very comforting having Steph on your side. <laughs> Like, that's the one person <laughs> who's on your team and it's Steph. Like, that's not good. And he's asked her for a favour and the only person she knows that can be a PI is a bikey. Who's <laughs> fairly obvious. Like, he's pretty big. And he's the one that just got the illegal booze delivered to them. Yeah, the... like, he's probably under surveillance. So <laughs> <laughs> He's returned to the scene of the crime. Oh, actually, no, he's, a, he's having a burger at Grease Monkeys. That's where she finds him. He's a, he enjoys burger and chips. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of trailed off a bit. I don't know, understand what he decided to do. Oh, my God. Paul's – then Tarage yells at Paul again. She's yelled at him every day this week. It's so great because he's, um, like, flyering at the courtyard of Lassiter's just trying oh, to – Oh, that's right. Find <laughs> he just wants to be close to her. He's just leafleting to see if people saw anything suspicious. Um, and then – She's like dressed to the nines in her blazer and heels and um, rips into him. Oh, and then, um, yeah, Tarage calls in a complaint that he's breached his bail mm. and so Dullcop has a go. We'll leave them. Um, Paige is reenacting While You Were Sleeping with Sandra Bullock. And uh, well, we're not sure if that bloke's evil either. But I think he might be connected to Ned. Oh, because wasn't there a tattoo? Didn't he have a tattoo? No. no. I don't know. Because he's come from Summer Bay, so I'm all confused about who's in what <laughs> gang. But. Maybe he's in the Lester's Lake Lads with Ned. Mm. Meanwhile, what's happened is Paige has popped off to the salon and got herself a haircut. Yes. She's got weird priorities this week. Yeah. Oh, she's got the long bob, the lob. It looks great, but I always wonder what that conversation would be like at the salon. Like, so you got anything on for the weekend? <laughs> You're going out tonight? And she's like, well, then my brother just died and my dad just died. So I'll probably just take it easy. And just like sit with a stranger in a coma. <laughs> And I thought that was quite ludicrous, but then a few people, Sammy No Pants, our friend on Twitter, who's a hairdresser, was like, actually, it happens all the time. Like, you're trying to make small talk and then someone's had a horrible tragedy. So, I guess it is normal. Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that much. It surprises me that she would not go to the funeral of her grandfather. Yes, because all the other Willises have traipsed up to mm. Darwin and she's just going to hang here in Melbs and sit in the hospital room of someone she doesn't know. And I also put this to my doctor friend. Can randos just hang around mm. the room of a patient in a coma that they don't know? I'm going to say no, but... I- yeah, no. Yeah, she's like, unless they lie to the doctors and say mm. and to the staff and say, I'm related to him, like while you were sleeping, mm. they can't. a stranger can't just sit in that room. No. So it doesn't matter if you were there when he got injured. Too yeah, bad. I would have thought no. So we'll leave them. Paige is looking fab with her new hair, trying to impress uh, Coma Guy, who's now awake and doesn't know who he is. And now we... But he's loving the lob. 
oh yeah he's like oh woken up hot girl here sure i'll hang out with her uh and we finish with amy now amy's back from the blue mountains Mm. and can i say something i did not realize that dialer carl was the name of his business i i thought that you guys had just made that up because it was ridiculous I thought that was like oh. a, a rage kind of no, name. No, that's Dialer Kyle. That's a legit. That's, that's, He's got an ABN and everything. It's real. Because then when I saw the sign, I'm like, oh, it says Dialer Kyle. And the logo is a caricature of himself. Yeah. Yeah. I, did, I was just surprised. Uh, yeah, no. That's, no, we're not that clever. But she, Amy's got to go back to work and she's got gazebos up the wazoo mm. to build. and She's frantic. Yeah, and Kyle's put in, Coil has sent through a sale price of the business, which he actually just said you could have when he left. He's he like, you can just. say that, but now he's like, oh. Actually, can you give me some money for yeah. it? And she's all. Because it's probably expensive over there in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably already burnt Getting through. Getting all those sausages. There's some really cute scenes with Jimmy. He's like, oh, are we staying here? Are we going? Well, Jimmy's throwing rocks at Kyle. <laughs> Which I think a lot of us could relate to. He was throwing rocks at the sign. And then I think he says he hates Kyle, which is a good call. Yeah, yeah. And then Amy has to sort of talk him down. Well, but she says that you shouldn't hate anything. Yeah. And then Jimmy says, oh, what about Brussels sprouts? You hate Brussels sprouts. And I thought, well, I think probably Brussels sprouts and Kyle are quite similar because a lot (laughs) often with Brussels sprouts, people just haven't um, had them cooked the right way. (laughs) So if you know... You know, you've just boiled them, and so. But if you have them with some garlic, some bit of bacon, you, they're quite nice. I actually did just have a week ago Brussels sprouts for the first time since I was a kid, and I roasted them and mm. I fried them and added bacon. And if you cook them in the right way, and did you like them? We loved them, and my yeah. boyfriend looked at me like, "Why are you ruining all the bacon?" But we had a nice dinner, and he liked fun. them too. Yeah, and and so it's probably the same. Carl just got to cook him the right way. Yeah. So maybe the Germans, like more. the Germans mm. will braise him. Yeah. Uh, but it was a cute scene, and she says, you know, he did some good stuff. He was a good man to us. And then Jimmy does the best Coil impersonation. Oh, he does. But I thought also when they were talking about Kyle, it was a little bit like they were talking about um, a dog that had just died. Like, it's like, oh, remember that time he rolled in the dead sheep? In fact, they probably had better – they were dialing up better memories of Dialer Kyle than the Willis's were of Josh. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But it was all very, oh, remember that, you know. It was – that time he brought that dead bird into the lounge room. <laughs> like, it was – Yes. Um, he was – It was. Well, I guess it was like losing two dogs when Kyle and Bossy moved away. It was away. very like losing two dogs. So she has Tyler help her pull the sign down and then um, she finds a love note from – um, Kyle in the paperwork and then she just uh, jumps into the ute and backs over the sign a couple mm. of times, which I I kind of – it didn't really have the effect that I think she was hoping it would. It's not like – I thought she was just driving poorly. I didn't realise it was <laughs> deliberate. I thought she was going to go and do some hooning, like laps down mm. the um, grove of trees or something, but she – yeah, she just rolled over it. It's not like when you smash someone's window. It doesn't have that same impact. Yeah, Kyle doesn't actually want the sign either. No. No, he doesn't need it. They could have, she could have used it, painted over it. So Thursday, while we're on the handyman business, Amy is having this moral dilemma because she's been offered Dialer Kyle mm. at cut price and she wants to pay her own way in the world and she doesn't want to just take it, this freebie, basically. And Tyler's like, why not? And I'm like, good point, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. And Tyler's being very nice to her and he says, oh, you need a break. Do you know what I thought would be a nice break for her? And stop me if they're related. But I thought that maybe Tyler and Amy could get together. (laughs) 
As far as Moy, they're not related. Because that would be quite a comfort, wouldn't it? It'd be great. She's closer to his age than Piper, which mm. is, I think, where they're leading us mm. the rest of the time, and I don't approve. And yeah, they're there. They're both working with their hands, mm. getting dirty. Exactly. Work really well. Amy solves the problem by crunching the numbers, and this is a little bit dubious. She basically works out that since her deadbeat ex left her with a massive pile of debt that she had to pay off, mm. that it kind of all comes out in the wash if she just accepts this cheap business offer because yeah, she had to pay for the other guy's and rubbish. And where does the gazebo come in that she already well, – the $25,000? I, the... I feel like she's still building that for that vet. Oh. She'll be building the custom gazebo for the vet forever. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confused by the finances, but I think as long as she's happy, it's all She's right. happy, and she's so happy she's made a new sign, and it's called, and it says The Handy Woman. Mm, I spent quite a bit of time trying to think of something that would rhyme with Amy, but I couldn't. We did it in a previous podcast, and I cut it out because we couldn't think of anything. <laughs> it was just us going aimless. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. I think I was doing it in bed last yeah. night. It wasn't good. Lamey. Yeah. No, nothing. Um, so Handy Woman's okay, but it could be taken a rude way what i don't think so (laughs) okay well if tyler didn't point it out then i guess it's fine yeah exactly um so she's soldiering on with the business and that's fine now the willis's to rage is back to business she's got a lot of administrivia to do um (laughs) and i thought julie cool was very harsh to be coming down on her about that insurance claim yeah, so yeah, Therese didn't file the claim yeah, in is? time or whatever, boring red tape. Don't – there's got to be big, bigger wigs at Lasseter's that you can call in during times of disaster to step in and run this stuff. I would have thought so. And I know that – I guess Therese wanted to keep working, but wouldn't you just let her pretend that she was still doing the yeah, job and just, actually do it for her? Yeah. Or even just go, here are the rosters mm. for the maids. Just yeah, sort like, that give out. Yeah, give her something. Um, and Julie Quill, P.S., her son's AWOL. They think he's in the rubble and she's just carrying on. I think she on. had something to do with it. She hated him. And because Trey just trying to bond with her over that. Like, oh, I lost my son. You don't know where your son is. We're friends. And Julie's like, Ebs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, now, Dimmy have come back from Darwin. They've uh, Everyone's popped back from Darwin. 24 hours they all spend in Darwin. Yeah, it didn't take long. Um, and, like, it's quite lovely in Darwin from what I hear. Mm, um, it would except be... when the sailors come into town. Oh. But um, it's also, it's a bit of a flight. It's not that close. Yeah. It's it's like going to Perth. Mm. You don't just zip over there. No. P.S. Where's Chaz? Anyway, side note. Um, they all just popped up. And they've got family up there. They've got uncle, like uh, Auntie Gabby's there, Uncle Adam's mm. there. Visit your cousins. Mm. Um, like, stay in Darwin. Look after Nan. Make sure she's settled and... Yeah. Help her throw out Doug's stuff. At least they went. At least but... they... And Paige did not. Yes, exactly. And Imogen gave her the side eye and was like, you, that's okay. You were where you needed to be. Mm. In Melbourne. And also Paige moved her wedding so that Doug could go to it. I know, but now she got distracted. I mean, I know the wedding was never going to happen because she got arrested, but she did move it on the day. She didn't know she was going to be arrested no. at that wedding. She moved the wedding for Gramps mm. and she won't go to Gramps' funeral. Poor form page. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> She's like, oh, I've made a mistake. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You're going to regret it. I mean, you you might get a root out of it, but in the long term. Because there's at least 50-50 that this guy's evil. So And another 50-50 that is even straight. He might be gay. That's yeah. such a good point. 
And she's like, oh, great. <laughs> Wasted all this time. Uh, oh, Naomi. And remember, she had a, a fling with Josh back mm, in the day. Yep. She sent through her condolences and made a nice donation to the CDH Foundation for baby Matilda mm-hmm. um, in Josh's name, which is probably – everyone else probably thought, oh, why didn't we think of that? She was the only one who thought of it. And she – now, Naomi is managing a wrestling group, in like a WrestleMania-type group based oh, in LA. I had forgotten that because when she had the job offer, I was just like, oh, yeah. and But now I'm like, what? So apparently this wrestling group – well, Imogen gets a text from Naomi saying – I'm offering you a job in our legal department and we offer internships with Stanford. How are the wrestlers? That's not how it works. Yeah. So my first problem is (laughs) how is the WrestleMania group sponsoring law students to study at Stanford? What? It's the other way around. You get into the uni and then you get an internship with the... With the place. With the place. Right, yeah. That you, should be the way it works. You don't just get a job and then they go, oh, want to go to uni? I mean, occasionally if you're already working for a company, they might support you to go back to uni yeah. and become more qualified. Like I've got a friend who's a teacher and like the school is helping her sponsor her do her master's or mm. something like that. Yeah. But not a wrestler. I'm, it's very – and Imogen doesn't even question any of that. No. She's like, why do the wrestlers what? want a lawyer? It's a law student. She's just like, sweet. Cool. No, nah, not going to do it. And tuition. They've got like they they would cover Stanford tuition. It's very expensive. It's like to tens go of in. thousands of dollars. That's like a, at least a gazebo. Oh, it's more than a gazebo. It's like two gazebos to study at Stanford. It's, it it's more than two gazebos. <laughs> three or it's probably four. Probably two gazebos a year. It's probably about three years. Two gazebos a year at least, and, and they've covered it. I don't know. Where's she going to be living? Um. Well. Naomi, I guess, is going to let them crash on her couch, which is also oh, weird. she can't live on campus because she's bringing a husband. Well, the other weird thing is Naomi um, was also uh, engaged to Paul, Daniel's uncle, when she slept with Imogen's brother and then the whole relationship crumbled. Oh. So um, that's quite – it was very rushed because um, the actress who's playing Naomi was pregnant and they were trying to write her out quickly. But um, – I mean, you have lots of sex with different men. Yes. So uh, I don't know if they can couch surf with Naomi, but they can, maybe they'll go stay with Callum in Silicon Valley or something. I don't know. It'll work. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. The Airbnb. So, yeah, uh, she's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And it's that classic, don't worry, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to leave you. you oh, if you really didn't, weren't going to take it, you wouldn't have even mentioned it to people. Like, yeah, exactly. She left her phone out for Tarage to yeah, see yeah. the text. And Tarage was very supportive and she encouraged her to go. Yeah, it was quite sweet. And, you know, basically because she wants time to herself. But also, you know, you've got to live your life. Life's Mm. short. Fair enough. Good point. So Imogen's done all this research in the space of half an hour and works out all the different ways that she could go and that Daniel could come with her and get a visa. Can I just say, I, my partner, got a job in America. Yeah. And I went over there with him. We didn't get married. Oh, yeah. First, I did an exchange program, and then I went over for another six months. You just went? I just said I was visiting for six months. And you were? I was. I mean, they gave me a little bit of trouble when I tried to get um, come back from Mexico, but... Um, <laughs> did you go to Mexico? Yeah. 
Uh, we went to, both times when I went, one time I went to Europe and one time I went to Mexico and both times coming back in, they, they asked me quite a few questions and were a bit about it, but they let me back <laughs> in and I was there for six months. And that's... So why doesn't he just go over there for six months, like visit America, go on a holiday? As long as you're not looking for work, they're not yeah. that upset. And Daniel rarely looks for work, mm. so that's fine. And you actually wrote your first book while you were in America. Exactly. You didn't know at the time that you were going to be... No, I didn't know it would be published. <laughs> I felt like a loser. So, um, hot tip, you should go read that book and then the book after it that's set in, in America when where Penny was living. Mm. More details at the end. But, yeah, Google Penny, T-A-N-G-E-Y, and get her books, do it. And Daniel, I love that he's just like, yeah, I lived in my car. I'll go to America, whatever. Like, mm. YOLO, let's go. And also, when she goes, oh, but you can't leave your Lasseter's job. And I'm like, really? Are we pretending that that job's great, are we? Is that what we're pretending? And the job where you nearly died and where my brother died. Yeah. Like, he's, is he a concierge yet? I don't know. I mean, I know being a concierge is a great job. It's very important. But it's it's also a very transportable job. Yeah, you can do it anywhere. Yeah, I know there's no Lassiter's. She said there's no Lassiter's in LA, but LA. there are, LA does have other hotels. They do have other hotels. That's She's a, like, oh, we could get a spousal visa and then bang, he's down on one knee and proposes. Like it, but but very clear to say, I, I'd be doing this, I'm happy to do this anyway. It's not just for a visa. It, but it is a marriage of convenience. But it's also real. What? They kind of, they, I think they kind of tried to make it like he needs to get a visa to make us feel a little bit better about it. But as far as I'm concerned, it's still just two people who are way too young getting married, way too young <sighs> again. Like, and you don't actually need to get married because your partner's moving overseas. And there are ways around it. And it's the you know. biggest disappointment. A lot of us are feeling it for Imogen because I feel like Imogen is one of the characters who's had so much potential and... Time and time again, they disappoint us with mm. the choices she makes. And, yeah, yes, she's going there for a job, but she still has to take the boy with her. Yeah. And, look, I can understand why she would want support at that time, but, I mean, it's – oh, it's just not good. No. They also could have just worked it out later. Like, just come over for a few months, help that's me get what, settled. That's what I mean. You can easily go over just as a tourist. Yeah. And then in six months, they can reassess their relationship. Exactly. And Madison, who we meet on Friday, makes a great point about the status of their relationship. So we leave their whole scenario with him proposing, which, oh, God, it was insipid. Like, there was just nothing to it. And there's no chemistry I, and there's... I know this ugh. is going to sound weird, but I think I preferred him when he had longer hair. You know what? Me too. Now that he's got that... Oh, it's just not... He's so generic now. Yeah. And with his vests and his colourful shirts and... Yeah. He used to be... At least a bit more of a cliche. At least, at least he was a something. He's, he was something. Now you he's, know, just, he's a bit of a hippie type of thing. Now he really is non-contributing zero. Yeah, exactly. Um, and now uh, Julie Quill, by the way, is conducting her own little investigation, and she um, is trying to question everyone that was associated with the explosion. It's good that someone is. Yeah, because dull cops like, nah, I got my suspect. Whatevs. Mm. Don't worry about it. Even Teray just starting to raise an eyebrow and she says to Mark during the week, do you want to question anyone else? <laughs> like, nah, don't worry about it. All good. And so Julie goes to see Nate, uh, and, sorry, Aaron, and was like, Aaron down the mines, you were with my son. <laughs> no, Sheila. Baby Sheila is very patiently waiting while we discuss very important things. Um, not like real Sheila. She, oh, Sheila would be. Um, barging in. Mm. Um because the whole thing with Aaron down the mines is that it was revealed that he coward punched Tom 
while they were in the boiler room and left him there. Oh, that's another cow punch. But this cow punch is a bit more like, oh, it's all right. Like, yeah. don't you? I actually, I only just saw that because the last cow punch was like, oh my god, that is the worst thing anyone yeah. could ever do. Yeah. And this time, not only did he cow punch him, but then he left him for dead. Yeah. In an area of no one else. Will, I mean, I guess he expected someone to find him. He didn't know there was going to be an explosion. But still, it was just sort of in an isolated area. And this time it's like, oh, well, you know. Sometimes. Well, he'd been scorned. So, like, but he- that's not an excuse. No, no, and God, we, no. And as a society, we have to stop seeing that as an excuse. No. If someone scorns you, you can't that doesn't punch them. You can't hurt them. Domestic violence. Because that is, that is domestic violence. It they were in a relationship. Violence. Yes. And it's not okay. And it's not okay for Nate to enable Aaron just hiding this from the police and from the family of the guy who's gone, presumed dead. Yeah, I thought that was a poor decision of Nate's. Like, why not just say that you... I don't, I like don't he, even understand that... Like, he was in the army. It's no man is left behind. Like, yeah, you I, don't... How can he support that guy being left in the boiler room? I just don't even reckon you'd get in that much trouble, even if, like, in that... Yeah, he's like, we had a spat. Yeah. I'd... Maybe you should. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. You no, know, you should get in trouble. You should get in trouble. But as far as Aaron's I think in these circumstances... If he came forward and said, yeah. like, we had a disagreement. I don't know where he was. He could have still been in there. At least the authorities could have been had some more information about... It's going to be hard to... The body count. If he's dead or very seriously injured, it's going to be hard to prove if it was the rubble or the fist, isn't it? It's like, very hard. But you know, crime shows have told us, shown us that it can be done. It can be. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I probably haven't watched as much as you. <laughs> Meanwhile, Julie not only is conducting her own like hom- crime scene investigation, she's recruiting. She's doing HR's job for them because mm. Sarah's swanning around the complex hobbling. Her limp's <laughs> cured. Her legs, sore legs cured, but she's doubled over in pain again. But taken on a new job. Yeah, she hears that Julie is struggling. Literally hears. Stuff. Yeah, she's, she's just overhears the conversation. And she's at the bar actually says, oh, I just heard you say you need mm. staff. I'm a project manager. I could do whatever it is mm. Tarage does. And Julie's like, sure, give me your, text me your resume. And then the worst bit is Sarah sees Tarage and says, I hear you're on bereavement leave. I'm feeling in for you. Nowhere in that sentence does she say, I'm very sorry for the tragic loss of your son. No, nothing. Or maybe, or just, I hear you're on bereavement leave. I'm very sorry. Was she hear. a tactless, awful person when she was actually on the show? Possibly. It was very hard because she was just kind of brash and British. So you, it was. I guess it was hard to tell oh. what was the accent and what was... <laughs> okay, but baby Sheila says yes, she was. She was a bitch. <laughs> Um, but there's a lot of people on this street this week that just don't seem to care that people's family members have died. Oh, there's been a lot of moving on. And Mm. Imogen and Daniel, I don't, oh, just, I don't know. I mean, I've never been engaged in a time of grief (laughs) and I I don't want to judge people for how they grieve, but it did seem like, oh, we're engaged now. Yeah, like, and like we're, swinging hands, walking through the park. Like we're going to make something happy out of something tragic. No, like, you're not. Um, yeah. So we'll leave off Thursday with Tarage. She's been sent to hamper from Julie Quill. Um, with a wine. 
Julie put a wine bottle. I didn't know Trage was an alcoholic. Is Trage an alcoholic? It was dealt with quite swiftly. Um, <laughs> Just like eating disorders. Yeah. she she And Trage also had an eating disorder. She admitted to Imogen that she suffered from one as a teen. And, For a couple of months. Yeah. Mm. So she would like, go and take bottles out of the Lasseter's um, storage room and um, drink them. But then she went to Everything's Anonymous with Sonia, who was having her... Because oh. Sonia has a gambling... So not terribly anonymous. There's people from the same street. Yeah. But, anyway. um, but you can go for whatever addiction you've got. Mm. Everything's anonymous at the community centre. will sort you out. Have I told you... Yes. Oh, I mean, no. I mean, separate issue about Alcoholics Anonymous um, being a crock of shit. Yes. Um, I don't think you have, but another friend has, but I want to hear it again because this delights me. You ha- I read this article because I just always took Alcoholics Anonymous. I just thought that was a thing that you did. You know, if you're an alcoholic, that's what you need to go and on do. on TV, that's what people do. That's what you do. It's a, it's a good program. It'll help you. And there's a few things that they say that I take it on board. as Like if you're an alcoholic, you can never drink again. You need to get to – so this idea that you need to get to rock bottom before you okay. can be healed and that Alcoholics Anonymous is this really good program that will help you do it. It's got very poor data because they, it's anonymous, but basically it doesn't really work. Right. Um, it's the, the basic premises that it's based on are not true. Like that oh. if you're an alcoholic, like many alcoholics, really severe alcoholics may choose to never drink again. It may be the right thing for them, but yeah. not everyone never has to drink again. You don't need to get to rock bottom to make yourself better. It'd be like saying to someone who um, is overweight, oh, well, wait till you have a triple bypass. Yeah. You know, don't, don't try and fix it now. That's not to say that people who, who are very bad alcoholics should, shouldn't consider not drinking again, mm. but it should be their decision and they shouldn't don't be told by someone else, oh, you can never drink again. It's actually very counterproductive. And, sorry, I'm ranting, but if... You're terraging. I'm terraging. Because, and that whole idea that if you have one drink, you've completely failed. Yes. It just sends people like, so, well, if you have one drink, oh, you might as well have the whole bottle. That's bullshit. I go through the same thing with food because of um, I'm doing this whole thing about intuitive eating mm. and, and the non-diet approach. I'm seeing a dietitian. What really bothers me is people that are like, I quit, I'm quitting sugar and I'm cutting out this mm. and I'm cutting out that. You're not meant to cut stuff out. No. It's all about moderation. And yeah, same with any kind of addiction. Like sometimes cutting stuff out completely it makes you feel guilty and then you, yeah, if you oh, have you, one little bit or you fail and then you overindulge no. later but, but anyway the thing is in america because a lot of their sort of rehab programs are based around aa and they don't really work and they're very expensive and they cost ten thousand dollars <gasps> just to go for a week or a month or like whatever a third of a gazebo but in scandinavia they have these like proper programs where you go and you get drugs and you get counseling and you get ah. proper treatment for you know a six-month program and they were talking to a doctor in scandinavia and they said oh well how much does it cost he, he said the doctor said oh Oh, well, it is expensive, like, you know, it's a bit yeah. sort of, and he's like, it's like $6,000. Oh. And it's hardly, you know, and, and it actually works. <laughs> you that's know, that's amazing. the difference. And works. isn't AA run by the church? Yeah, and, and that's the other thing. It's got this whole religious component to it. That's like, because one of the 12 steps is like, make peace with God yeah, or something. Yeah, and you don't need to do that. No, they can skip that step. So, this is, which is why Tarage has relapsed, because she mm. picks up the bottle, pours it into the glass. Well, actually, she's not really relapsed. She's just taking the edge off really yeah she's having one glass of wine yeah so but it won't be like that'll be like now oh she's fallen off the wagon yeah and, you know, and that'll be a whole she's thing she's a terrible so friday the 22nd of april we meet a new member of the robinson family madison robinson firstly terrible name yes you pointed that out i would never have thought of that but you're correct her last name is robinson they've gone let's call mm. her madison that's like two last names great she arrives and they pay homage to 
Kylie Minogue's arrival, Charlene mm. Ramsey, I think she was at the time. No, Charlene Robinson. I don't know. Uh. I'm terrible with this and Kate's going to hate me because she's like um, Rain Man of Neighbours history. <laughs> so anyway, go on YouTube and watch the uh, first scene of Kylie Minogue's arrival and they've recreated it. So, but isn't the person that she hits, was that her brother? I Kylie's it, brother? I think she hits... Jason Donovan. The yeah, one. I thought she hit Jason Donovan. So this one with Madison hitting her, her brother, brother is a bit ick. Yeah, gross. Also, he sees Madison breaking in through the window and he like hobbles off after her because he's got a sore leg still. And she punches him. Coward, another coward punch. Like, you That's know. a good point. And amazing sound effect. This is the sound effect. Um, I didn't notice this. I've been, my ears have been in tune ever since that amazing, um, I'll play it for you, that amazing moment where Steph brought a casserole around to the grieving Willis's and then Piper just chucked it on the carpet (laughs) and it made a sound very unlike a casserole dish falling onto carpet. Why would Piper chuck Steph's? Something about something, something she's associated with Paul who caused the explosion. It was a tenuous link. You knew he was up to no good. No. And if it wasn't for you two, Josh and Bob would still be alive. <laughs> so that was the casserole. On carpet. And also casserole dishes don't smash like that. No, not really. Like they make a big thud. Yeah, normally they just like break in half or something. Yeah. So particularly, there should have been something splatty if it was like yeah. a stew. Yeah, it would have mm. splattered and it wouldn't have sounded like a tray of glasses falling <laughs> over onto lino or something tiles um and then so this punch hey Oi. Oh. Madison. surprise <laughs> that punch is um like the production department has just typed in royalty free sound effects online which is i often do when i'm doing sketches for this podcast <laughs> and they've just found the nearest available one. Like, it, it was a proper punch, like she'd been in boxing training. Mm. But that was nice that, that there was that little nod to history, I felt. Yeah, it was cute. So they've had a reunion. She offers her condolences on the death of Pastora Josh, and she says what we're all thinking, that the family is very dubious about this mm. relationship. She was, she was on it. She was representing Shoss- all right Charlene. people. Yeah. yeah. And saying that this time last year you were engaged to Amber mm. and I was not coming to that wedding. Yeah. <laughs> on principle. So there's no, I'm not going to this one. But Immy's busy. She's on the phone to Toadie trying to put a rush on the marriage licence. And, and they're trying to bribe someone, like bribe the, a judge? The judge wants proof of the relationship being solid. And you know what, judge? Me too. Yeah, exactly. And then can we talk about how they're going to prove it? Yeah. They've got a big box of mementos. <laughs> They're basically scrapbooking. Yeah. Um, and so I just think that's interesting that in the past maybe people wrote sonnets or yeah. you know, poems or letters to each other, but now we've just got, like, ticket stubs. And, yeah, selfie. Yeah. Uh, but also the weird thing is Daniel mentions the receipt from the first coffee they ever had. And that, oh, was, that was a receipt for a coffee. No one. Um, was he going to claim it as a tax deduction? <laughs> he wasn't even working back then. And he was engaged to her best friend back then. So... Oh, that's weird. So what's going on there? If it's anything, that's maybe Sheila just scrapbooking on the floor. In fact, I um, believe the relationship with um, baby Sheila and that packet of wipes more than I believe Daniel and Imogen's relationship. 
look, I'm not, I don't want to be a hater. Like, I think each of them, I think Daniel had more chemistry with Amber. And I think Imogen had more chemistry with Munter. Like, it's, they can have chemistry with other people. They they're, just, not, they're not good together. They're not good together. So they're off scrapbooking. And uh, Madison says, well, I'll get, make a copy for me and I'll email it over to Scott and Charlene mm. to get them on side. Good luck. Good luck. That's all I'm saying. So now she's very pretty. She is pretty, isn't um, she? Well done. Yeah. Um, she's an Instagram celebrity. That's all I know oh. about her. Um, which leads us into Zancan. Yes, Zancan, who is being ridiculous. She wants to be an internet celebrity. Mm. Now she's getting a tutoring session from Ben. And she, because they've got all that money, and she's talking about the things that she might buy, and she was talking about getting some faux fur hats, yeah. Cossack hats or something. And it just really reminded me, it's like she's buying like all the sort of cliche wealthy things. Yes. Reminds me of an episode of Father Ted where they, um, these two characters, they get some money, some ill-gotten money, and they buy a fur coat and a crown. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. And she'll just get about in a limousine. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't just buy normal normal things that people buy when they come into money, like pay off the credit card no. and buy groceries for the week. She hasn't like, got the boobs yet, has she? Uh, not yet. She's Google searched yeah. how to get boobs. Um, and back to working on a quiz show, often what they tell contestants, because you know how often they ask contestants, what would you do if you won $10,000 or $20,000? Don't $20, say a boob job or say a boob job. Yeah, say a boob job because mm. that's point of interest. They don't want you to say, I'd pay my rent, I'd pay the mortgage. Yeah, which is I'd, what you'd do. I'd go to Safeway and buy groceries. Mm. They want people to say, I want to go to America. I, I mm. want to buy um, a vintage car and yep. do it up. Big packet of Derwents. <laughs> they are very pricey. <laughs> some dream. It's a big dream. So Ben's belitting, belittling Zancan's dreams. And so Zancan trots over to Piper and says, we have to work on my portfolio. And Piper's like, just let me grieve. And Zancan's like, get your camera. We're doing a photo shoot. And then she goes out and gets all of... Madison's clothes. Was that part of the homage? I didn't... Uh, I don't know what that was. Xanthi has a lot of her own clothes. She is a fashionista and she prides herself on giving people on the street makeovers like she did with Amy once. Mm. Was it just meant to be a reference to Madison being an Instagram star? So I think she's so. got all the right clothes. Yeah, right. so she okay. runs out onto the street. Daniel's like, this is Madison, my sister. Nice to meet you. Can I have your jacket, your pants, mm. and your hat? And Madison's like, cool. I mean, Madison yeah. Madison, um, at the moment, it just seems like this absolutely perfect person, doesn't She's she? She's way chill as well. Like if a stranger, I mean, a stranger would never ask me for my clothes. I'm not very fashionable. She's like, yeah, yeah, here, have it. Take it all. Yeah, exactly. And she's also started being very wise. It's like she's taking over Doug's wisdom. Oh, wow. She's just dealing out the wisdom to people she's she's got old man dementia yeah. lucidity yeah exactly um the reason she is wise is because zancan has this crisis of confidence so she's taking all these pouty selfies with mm. madison's clothes and piper keeps telling her to say prune because that gives her the good pout face yeah. or something instead of cheers they sit in the cafe looking through the photos and zancan just slams all of piper's skills and is like you take terrible photos of me oh it's not your fault it's my fault i'm ugly and just starts body shaming herself mm. um which she never does because she walks around she's like very she's confident yeah she's eaten a bit the moment she arrived in erinsborough she's like i'm better than everyone here oh so yeah madison sits down at the cafe and zancan doesn't even introduce her to her friends should they all just start chatting mm. the four of them but anyway yeah. Um, what is the wisdom? Oh, I don't know. It had just, something. You've got to believe, believe, believe in, in yourself. 
what um don't put yourself down yeah. it's a little bit of rubbish though isn't it because she's very thin and pretty they all are and she says because Zan can's like i'm fat and madison's like you're not but also if you were that would be okay yeah like yeah, unless i ever was yeah so it's it's a bunch of attractive people sitting around talking about how they're unattractive and yep, it's not pretty true. much yeah i guess yeah. to show that even confident people can have it'd be just just be better if she had a lack of confidence that wasn't such a cliche. Like yeah. she, she could have a little wobbly moment, but it doesn't have to be, oh, I'm fat. Or even just, you know? um, I don't look like those Instagram girls. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have the right angles or something. Yeah. We don't have the right lighting. Mm. I don't know. Which is what, actually, which is what Madison says to her. You don't have the right lighting. All those girls have professional shoots done. And so that's what she wants to spend all her money on. Mm. So Piper's a photographer. Amber was a photographer. Well, Piper's not a professional one. She's just a vlogger. She just knows how to use the equipment. Oh, right. But she's going to become a vlogger. Probably now that um, Tyler says she's good, Mm. as long as a man's validated her. Um, But then she finds out that they got the money and that's the cliffhanger. Like, you have stolen money. End mm. end of week. I don't really care about the stolen money. Neither do I. Red folder. Red, red folder. Okay. So re- the red folder. Sonia's going through all the Rebecca household paperwork because she's being audited by as a mayor, and, and she keeps all the mayoral paperwork at home, just in a box. She comes across the red Manila folder that is that I thought was re- supposed to be really well hidden, but mm. no, she just digs it up, and Toadie lunges for it mm. and is like. You're not allowed to touch that. That's secret confidential stuff. Get mm. away from that. Like, great. Way to play it cool, Tony. I was pretty excited at this point. All Tony could have said was, oh, careful. There's some sensitive legal stuff mm. in there from clients. But obviously he's hysterical about it. Yeah. And why? That's the question. And Steph says to him, you've got to tell you what's the go, mate. Like, she's going to find out if it's just lying around. Mm. Stop acting so sus. But can I say then, when when Tony was talking to her for a moment there, I felt a little bit like he was threatening Steph. Ooh, ooh. And I felt like, is Tony a killer? But I don't think he is. Well, that'd be fun. Because hmm. he just tells I Sonya. I had another theory about yeah. what it might be. Maybe Tony has had Sonia under surveillance. Ooh. Because of her because of drug her past. past. So maybe he got her checked out before he put his seat inside <laughs> maybe he found something yeah or yeah well his story to sonia is that he gave five thousand dollars to a dodgy charity collector. which is rubbish that is not the end of the story that was clearly because that's yes that would be embarrassing but that's not you're gonna not gonna be thinking about that on your deathbed are you no and you're not gonna, gonna be hysterical about the partner finding the folder and why would you keep no. it why would you just keep it why wouldn't you burn yeah, it? Yeah, just burn it. Just get rid of it. And put it in the bin. Put it in the recycling. Exactly. It doesn't make sense. With... Why does he need to keep this stuff? This is the question. This is the clue, I think, because it's something that he needs to yes. keep. He wants to keep it. You can't he just take... want to destroy it. You can't just take a photo of it with your phone and throw no. it out. So while he's alive, he wants this. Sonia says, he came clean. He says he made a dodgy donation to charity. And Steph's like, really? Mm. I don't you think so. Talk. And then Sonia's like, oh, do you think there's more to it? And Steph's like, you should talk to Toad. Um, my bikey friends wouldn't just believe that. Which my, if someone said that to me, I'd be like in an hysterical panic after that. Mm. Well, um, baby Sheila's decided that's where we leave it for the week. Yeah, she's had enough. So have we. Because it's basically, we're waiting to see what the red folder holds. And Sarah... Yeah. Sears and a dodgy tummy. So someone's got to get Sears a hot water bottle and hopefully that'll be resolved soon. 
And what people should do, because I didn't plug your books last time enough, pennytangy.com.au, T-A-N-G-E-Y, and that's got your blog, which is amazing, and all your books. And I've just Googled then, and you can get them on Book Depository. Oh, good. So our UK, our international friends can oh, they can oh, buy your books good. and read them, and they're all set in Australia, and they're all young adults. Like and- neighbours. Yes. So Actually, no, one of them's in America. One of them's set in America, but it's an Australian yeah. girl in America. Yeah which is another layer altogether. So get them, read them. They're good. They're funny. And that's that. So we'll join you in a couple of weeks. Also, massive announcement. CJ, one of our hosts, has had her baby. Baby Lou is here. Congratulations. Very exciting. His name is Angus. Everyone's doing well. Everyone's getting settled at home. And we'll try and chat to CJ soon as she's... She's already watching Neighbours. Like, she's... You know, I don't think she's missed yeah. an episode. But, um, Didn't he arrive just before Neighbours? He arrived at 6.28. So it was, she would have been able to just flick it on. <laughs> it was on a Saturday. So Neighbours wasn't on. But it's oh. like Baby Lou subconsciously knew the time mm. to, that he needed to be ready to yeah. be in the world. And that exactly. was 6.28, two minutes before Neighbours time. So that's great. A new Neighbub on the scene. Uh, drop us a line anytime at NeighboursPod on Twitter or NeighboursPod at gmail.com. I'm at Vaya Pashos. And Penny, you sometimes tweet about neighbours. Just this week I have. Yeah, I've never done it before. <laughs> it's really fun. At Tang The. Mm. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks. And thanks, baby Sheila. Um, great to hear your thoughts as well. <laughs> Such as they are. She's given us the side eye. Thanks, guys. And we'll check in with you soon. Bye. Bye. You're only 17. You don't need a boyfriend. <laughs> 